Hello and welcome to Historical True Crime, the podcast where we take a look back at history's darkest crimes and criminals. I'm your host, Lizzie, and today is episode 70. We will be setting sail on the treacherous waters of the Caribbean to uncover the captivating story of two fierce and legendary women of the sea, Anne Bonnie and Mary Red. Picture this. It's the early 18th century, a time when piracy reigned supreme in the Caribbean. In these lawless waters, men plundered and pillaged, carving out their infamy on the high seas. But amidst this male-dominated world, two extraordinary women rose to defy convention and leave their mark on history. Anne Bonny, born to a plantation owner in Ireland, was a fierce and rebellious spirit from a young age. Fleeing to the New World to escape an arranged marriage, she found herself drawn to the freedom and adventure of the pirate life. With her fierce demeanor and quick wit, Anne quickly earned her place among the most feared buccaneers of the Caribbean. Mary Red, on the other hand, had a different upbringing. Disguised as a boy from a young age, she lived her early years as a sailor and soldier, embracing a life of deception to survive in a world hostile to women. But it wasn't until she joined the crew of the infamous pirate Calico Jack Rackham that her true identity was revealed, and her legend began. Together, Anne and Mary formed an unbeatable duo, striking fear into the hearts of merchant ships and navies alike. But their story is not just one of swashbuckling adventure. It's a tale of friendship, loyalty, and the unyielding pursuit of freedom in a world determined to keep them in chains. Join me as we uncover the untold secrets of Anne and Mary, the fearless women who defied the odds and became legends of the sea. So come with me as we set sail into history. Before we dive into the daring escapades of Anne Bonny and Mary Red, let's hoist the Jolly Roger and take a brief look at the history of piracy itself. Piracy, the scourge of the seas, has a history as old as maritime trade itself. From the ancient Greeks and Romans to the Vikings of the North, pirates have prowled the oceans, seeking treasure and terrorizing sailors for centuries. But it wasn't until the Golden Age of Piracy, spanning roughly from the late 17th to the early 18th century, that piracy truly reached its zenith. This era saw the rise of infamous pirates like Blackbeard, Captain Kidd, and of course our leading ladies, Anne Bonny and Mary Red. The Caribbean, with its countless islands, hidden coves, and bustling trade routes, became the perfect breeding ground for piracy. Pirates preyed upon Spanish treasure, as well as merchant ships carrying valuable cargo from the New World. But piracy wasn't just about plunder and riches. For many, it was a way of life, a rebellion against the oppressive forces of empires and monarchies. Pirates, often cast out from society or disillusioned with its injustices, found freedom and camaraderie aboard their ships. However, piracy was not without its risks. Naval powers like England, Spain, and France launched ruthless campaigns to eradicate piracy. Sending warships and privateers to hunt down and capture pirates wherever they may hide. Despite the dangers, piracy continued to thrive, fueled by tales of adventure and promise of untold riches. And at the heart of this, tumultuous world were figures like Mary and Anne, women who defied convention and challenged the status quo, leaving their mark on history. But for now, let's battle down the hatches and prepare to set sail into the unknown. According to Abbott for SmithsonianMag.com, 
a general history of the robberies and murders of the most notorious pirates, written by Captain Charles Johnson in 1724, provides most of the information we have regarding Anne and Mary's early life. Some historians contend that the author is actually Daniel Defoe, the author of Robinson Crusoe, but that is not known for sure. Now, Anne was born in Kinsale County, Cork, Ireland, around 1698. Her father, William Cormack, an attorney, had an affair with his household maid. After Anne was born to the maid, Mary Brennan, William eventually became so attached to the little girl that he made arrangements for her to move in with him. He disguised her as a boy and presented her as the child of a relative entrusted to his care in order to avoid embarrassment. Then William, Mary, and their child moved to what is now Charleston, South Carolina, after it was revealed what gender and parentage Anne really was. After her mother Mary passed away in 1711, the young Anne is said to have displayed a fierce and courageous temper, either injuring or killing a servant girl with a case knife, and severely beating a suitor who attempted to rape her. William was a prosperous landowner who disapproved of his daughter's rebellious behavior. His business suffered due to constant gossip about her drinking alcohol and having affairs with drunks and fishermen at local bars. And when Anne finally married, James Bonney, a penniless sailor in 1718, her father completely disowned her. But with her new spouse at her side, Anne would travel to the Bahamas' new Providence, now Nassau, where James allegedly started a career as a snitch, reporting pirates to Governor Woods Rogers and earning the bounty on their heads. As a former pirate, Woods compiled a list of 10 infamous outlaws, including Blackbeard, on his most wanted list, and swore to prosecute them all. Johnson writes in a general history that Anne was not altogether so reserved in point of chastity, and that James Bonney once surprised her lying in a hammock with another man. Anne still spent most of her time drinking at local saloons and wooing pirates. Anne would leave John Bonney to join John Calico Jack Rackham's crew, after becoming particularly smitten with him. Rackham earned the nickname from his penchant for outrageous clothing. And according to a legend, Anne began her career as a pirate with a cunning ruse in which she mangled the dressmaker's mannequins, limbs and covered in an artificial blood to create a corpse. The crew of a visiting French merchant ship gave up their cargo without a fight when they saw Anne holding an axe over the mannequin that she had created inspiring fear and terror in the other ship. Now, surprisingly, many women went to sea in a variety of jobs, including cooks, laundresses, prostitutes, maids, and though less frequently, sailors, naval commanders, whale merchants, and pirates. Anne herself was probably influenced by Grace O'Malley, an Irish woman from the 16th century, whose ferocious appearance, she claimed an eagle attacked her and left her disfigured who was notorious on the Emerald Isle. However, female pirates continued to be an oddity and were seen as a liability. Blackbeard, for example, forbade women from sailing on his ships and would strangle and dump any female captives over the side of his ship. During her interactions with other ships, Anne would dress like a man, with a small cap perched atop a thicket of dark hair, a sword hitched by her side, and a brace of pistols tucked in a sash. Otherwise, though, Anne did live as a woman, playing the role of Rackham's helpmate and lover. 
pirate life would be kind of dull in between irregular raids and pillages. Now, Mary Red had quite a different upbringing and experience than Anne Bonny. Mary was an illegitimate daughter, born in England at the end of the 17th century to a young widow. Before Mary was born, her mother had survived on maintenance funds given to her by her in-laws to support what they thought was her now fatherless son. Mary's mother had disguised her as a boy in an effort to conceal the illegitimate Mary and guarantee that the maintenance payments would continue. Now, Mary was forced into service around the age of 13, where she worked as a footman to help support her mother. Mary, though, was unsatisfied with this type of work and instead decided to enlist in the British military, still disguised as a man. She would join the soldiers in Flanders, where she showed incredible bravery. And it's here that she would first lay eyes on a young Flemish soldier, where she quickly fell in love. Now, she was afraid to show him how she felt in fear of exposing her true identity. But Mary would frequently offer to fight in extra battles alongside this man. And among her fellow troops and commanders, she'd earn a reputation as a valiant, if not quite sane, fighter. Mary was eventually able to come clean about her true gender identity and her feelings for the man she loved when they lived in the same tent and spent a lot of time together. He returned her feelings, wanting Mary to be his mistress at first, but then eventually asking her to be his wife. After Mary wed this soldier, they applied to be released from the army, and they would utilize wedding gifts from their marriage to buy an inn, which they co-owned for a brief period of time until her husband's untimely passing. As a widow, Mary would assume her male identity once again, before embarking on a ship bound for the West Indies and beginning her career at sea, she would briefly enlist in the Dutch military. Mary lived a life of piracy until the monarchy pardoned any pirate who would turn themselves in between 1717 and 1719. After accepting this pardon, Mary's crew would go back to dry land and would live there, but only until their finances ran out. Then Mary was at sea again this time as a privateer for the commander of the island of Providence. Her new career was barely off to a start when the ship swiftly descended into mutiny, forcing Mary to resort again to piracy. She went on to join an Englishman named John Calico Jack Rackham's pirate crew. Mary consistently repelled attacks on the ship, demonstrating her bravery in both the military and the pirate world. Now, nobody had noticed she was a woman up to this point because of her disguise. And the story of how Anne Bonny met Mary Red varies. Somewhere in the West Indies, Rackham's ship overran Mary's, and Mary was taken prisoner. Following this engagement, Anne attempted to woo the attractive new recruit while she was wearing her feminine clothing. Mary eventually had to tell Anne she was a woman and would bare her breasts to prove it maybe out of fear of Rackham's backlash. The women instead would become close friends, confidants, and depending on the story, even lovers. But Anne did promise to keep Mary's secret. At first, Rackham was envious of Anne's bond with Mary and would even break into her cabin with, with the intent to kill her. At this point, Mary had to open up her blouse to prove she was a woman and Rackham had consented to keep her secret from the other members of the crew. 
It also helped to ease his jealousy when Mary eventually began to get together with another male crew member. Wearing flowing coats, long pants, and handkerchiefs wrapped around their heads, Anne and Mary would engage in combat side by side. They would each carry a revolver and a machete. Another victim later testified they were very active on board and willing to do anything. For Rackham's crew, the summer and early fall of 1720 were very profitable. They captured two sloops and seven fishing boats in the vicinity of Harbor Island in September. A few weeks later, Anne and Mary conducted a raid against a schooner, firing at the crew as they boarded and swearing as they collected their loot, which included nine bags of pimento, 50 rolls of tobacco, and gear. They released their prisoners after holding them for two days. Not unexpectedly, authorities had become aware of this, and a declaration was published in the Boston Gazette on September 5, 1720, which labeled Rackham and his group as pirates and enemies of the crown of Great Britain. The notice read, Whereas Jack Rackham, George Featherstone, John Davis, Andrew Gibson, John Howell, Noah Patrick, and two women by name Anne Fulford, alias Bonnie, and Mary Red, did on the 22nd of August, last combined together to enter on board, take, steal, and run away with, out of this road of Providence, a certain sloop called the William, berth about 12 tons, mounted with four great guns and two swivel ones, also ammunition, sails, rigging, anchor cables, and a canoe owned and belonging to Captain John Ham, and with the said sloop did proceed to commit robbery and piracy. The said John Ramsey and his said company are hereby proclaimed pirates and enemies to the crown of Great Britain, and are said to be so treated and deemed by all his majesty's subjects. The Bahamas governor would dispatch multiple sloops to track down the criminals, since there was a bounty on Calico Jack's crew. In Negro Bay, a skipper by the name of John Barrett would eventually locate them. On October 22nd, just after midnight, while standing on deck, Anne Bonnie and Mary Red saw a sloop guide up beside them. When they saw it was one of the governor's ships, they yelled at their other members of the crew to join them. A handful, including Rackham, complied, but a number had already passed out from the previous night's intoxication. John Barrett, the sloop's captain, gave the pirates the order to surrender, but Rackham started shooting his swivel gun. Barnett commanded a counteroffensive, and the hail of gunfire rendered Rackham's vessel unusable, causing the few men on deck to cower inside the hold. Rackham, outnumbered, demanded quarter and made a surrender gesture. All were captured and taken prisoner. There would be quite the stir created by Rackham, Bonnie, and Red's trials. Now Rackham and the other male pirates were quickly found guilty, and on November 18, 1720, at Gallows Port in Port Royal, he'd be executed, along with four other men. Before being executed, he allegedly had a chance to see Anne, who reportedly said, I'm sorry to see you here, but if you had fought like a man, you need not have hanged like a dog. On November 28th, Mary and Anne were found guilty of piracy after a brief trial. The governor of Jamaica, Sir Nicholas Laws, stated the following, You, Mary Red, and Anne Bonny, alias Bon, are to go from hence to the place from whence you came, and from thence to the place of execution, where you shall be severally hanged by the neck till you are severally dead. 
and God of his infinite mercy be merciful to both your souls. But Anne and Mary had one last play up their sleeves. At this point, they both announced that they were pregnant. And the women's pregnancies were confirmed and their executions were stayed because it was illegal to execute a pregnant woman at that time. The unborn child was considered innocent, even if the mother wasn't. So Anne and Mary were given a temporary reprieve. But Mary would die in jail just five months later from a fever. And it's unclear what happened to Anne. Her later life is shrouded in mystery. Captain Johnson wrote in his book in 1724, so her trial was still relatively recent news when he was writing it. And the only thing Captain Johnson says is that she was continued in prison to the time of her lying in and afterwards reprieved from time to time. But what has become of her since we cannot tell. Only this we know, that she was not executed. So what did become of Anne? Well, there are numerous possible outcomes for her, and there isn't really any solid evidence to support any of them. Some claim she moved back to Charleston, made amends with her rich father, got married again, and had a decent life well into her 80s. Others claim she remarried in Nassau or Port Royal and had multiple children with her new spouse. But what truly happened to Anne will likely always remain a mystery. But that doesn't mean that Anne and Mary didn't go down in history. In the renowned 1720s work, The General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates, Anne Bonny and numerous others were the subject of biographies. The book was a big sensation, and it changed the way the pirates have been represented ever since. It's a mixture of reality and fiction, with no indication of where one ends and the other begins. It is evident that the author had access to government documents, court transcripts, and journalistic first-hand experience during the time of its writing. Several of the author's claims have been verified as true by historical records, but there's also endless exaggerations and outright fabrications. Anne had mostly a cultural impact on the world. Because her career as a pirate was relatively short-lived, she didn't have a significant impact. For the most part, Rackham was a lowly pirate who preyed on poorly armed traders and fishing vessels. He likely would have remained a footnote in pirate mythology if it hadn't been for Anne Bonny and Mary Red. In history, Anne has become the more well-known member of the pair. She was a prominent character on the U.S. television series Black Sails, depicted by Claire Paget as a murderous woman who is ready to kill everyone who gets in her way. But she also has a terrible past that tries to make her seem more relatable. Strangely, the show's authors substitute a fictional brothel owner named Max for Mary Red. Even though she did have a detailed life story in a general history of pirates, it's not really clear why Mary has been erased from popular culture, but it might be claimed that Anne's story was more socially acceptable for general audiences, since unlike the more masculine Mary, she's represented as taking up piracy out of love for her husband. Since then, romantic pirate lore has included female pirates. Anne and Mary are responsible for the creation of even contemporary fictional pirates like Penelope Cruz's Angelica in Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. While Anne and Mary left a mark on pirate lore, their story was just the beginning of a long legacy of female pirates who would follow in their wake. In the years that followed, the seas continued to churn with the exploits of daring women 
who defied convention and embraced the life of piracy. One such figure was Ching Si, a Chinese pirate who terrorized the South China Sea in the early 19th century. Rising from humble beginnings as a prostitute, she would marry a notorious pirate and quickly rise to become the formidable leader of his fleet after his death. Under her command, the Red Flag Fleet grew to become one of the most powerful pirate armadas in history, commanding hundreds of ships and thousands of men. Closer to home in the waters of the Atlantic, female pirates like Anne du Levu and Rachel Wall made their mark. Anne du was a French pirate who sailed alongside her husband and later commanded her own ship, the St. Anne. Known for her cunning and bravery, she led successful raids along the coast of North America before eventually retiring from piracy. Rachel, on the other hand, was America's first female pirate. Born in Pennsylvania, Rachel turned to piracy after her husband's death joining a gang of river pirates who plundered ships along the coast of New England. Despite her short-lived career, Rachel's crimes earned her a place in history as one of the few female pirates to operate in the waters of the United States. But perhaps the most enigmatic of all female pirates was Jeanne de Clisson, a French noblewoman turned Avenger. After her husband was executed by the French king, Jean swore vengeance against the crown and embarked on a ruthless campaign of piracy, hunting down and sinking French ships with her black-flagged vessel. So from the shores of China to the coastlines of Europe and the Americas, female pirates continued to defy expectations and challenge the status quo, proving that the call of the seas knows no gender. As the sun sets on our journey through the lives of Anne Bonny and Mary Red, we're reminded that their story is not one of just adventure and daring escapades, but also of resilience, defiance, and the enduring power of the human spirit, from their humble beginnings to their legendary exploits as pirates of the Caribbean, Anne and Mary blazed a trail that would inspire generations to come. Though their lives were filled with danger and uncertainty, they stood tall in the face of adversity, challenging the norms of their time and proving that even in a world determined to keep them in chains, they could rise above and carve out their own destiny. And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of Historical True Crime. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please remember to review, rate, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to get a hold of us, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at Historical True Crime Pod, on Facebook at Historical True Crime Podcast, or you can shoot us an email at Historical True Crime Pod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week for another dark and notorious case from history. We'll see you then.